0: An explanation of Benefits, a patient podcast. Join J.R. Clark and Dr. J. Moore as they explore the complex intersection of healthcare and insurance. Whether you're not sure about the difference between a premium and a deductible, or looking for expert insights on the future of employee benefits, everyone can use an explanation of benefits. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. J. and J.R. Hi everybody and uh, welcome to episode 3 of the EOB podcast Explanation of Benefits. I'm Jay Moore, I'm the Chief Clinical Officer of Patient and I'm here with JR Clark who is my coworker at Patient. Hey JR, how you doing? Doing great today Jay. How are you doing? I'm very very good. We are going to jump into a food themed episode today. Now you might be wondering what is what what does food have to do with health insurance? And you know, more than you might think. So first of all, we're going to talk about the uh, the soup of acronyms because um, there are a lot of acronyms in healthcare. And we're, we're going to talk through some of those and what they are. And, you know, I've learned a lot about these acronyms, HMO, PPO, EPO, HSA, uh, these sorts of things, but it can be very confusing. And so luckily, we have a really um, a fun analogy here uh, to try and help people make some sense of that. And it's also food related, hence the food related episode and it's the uh, buffet the buffet of healthcare insurance term acronyms and jr i think you're the originator of this um, of this you know model is that right
1: <laughs> I, I don't know if i'm the originator <laughs> i'm sure that somebody has used it somewhere else but it is a great analogy to talk about a buffet in terms of of health insurance products do you do you have a favorite buffet is there one that you really enjoy that's a great question. So I remember growing up, and I always loved it when we would go to Ryan's Family Steakhouse. That's not—I don't know if that's all over the place, but it was a great one. They had a great buffet there, so that was our go-to whenever it was like a special buffet. How about you, now, Jay?
0: Well, I mean, so my family—you know—we we would go to to Golden Corral or Ponderosa or those kind of places, and. You know, I I liked those. It was good. Nice variety. But my favorite buffet has always been just a really good Chinese buffet.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. I think you're
0: that's a polarizing one. People either love it or they hate it. Oh, man, (laughs) I remember. So I was in college and my favorite food is uh, crab ragoon. Um, and I don't know, like this, this might be a Midwestern thing. I'm not sure, but it's like these, uh, fried noodles, you know, cause it's the Midwest. And so everything's fried and, you know, like with cream cheese and fake crab meat in them and they're delicious. And I ate them in high school. And then I remember the first Chinese buffet I went to ever when I started in college. And they had like a whole, you know, thing of crabs Rangoon that were there in the, uh, you know, in the, in the bin. And I just went to town. I mean, they're so delicious. It was such a college thing to do.
1: Yeah, that, that that is such a college thing to do. Yeah, I remember with Ryan's Family Steakhouse, what I always loved there was they had the best ranch dressing. And so, you know, while they had this whole spread of gobs of food in their buffet, it was hard to stick to anything except the salad because of, of how good that ranch dressing I don't
0: know. Was. Do you remember the Pizza Hut salad bar? Like the Pizza Hut salad bar was like Nirvana for salad bars, because as a kid you'd just go and you'd load your plate up with croutons and ranch dressing and call it a salad. Yep. And, you know, make your mom happy because you're eating your vegetables, but actually it's just bacon bits and Velveeta cheese. Like it was uh, it was amazing. Yeah. I'm a doctor, by the way. Maybe I should mention that, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe my eating habits are not the best model in the whole world um, for a primary care physician. But, you know, I like what I like. What can I say?
1: Yeah, Ed, that's perfectly fine, Jay. I All think right. It's relatable well, it evolved to a lot of people.
0: Well I I'm, I'm wasting time we're we're already well into this episode and all we've talked about is food. Now I'm hungry so we're going to have to like roll through this so that I can go get some lunch. But um, so let's let's talk about acronyms, right? So all of these healthcare insurance acronyms, you know, we've got your HMO, we got your PPO, we've got your EPO and a way to think about that is like comparing different kinds of buffets. Everything from you know the Ponderosa buffet from our childhood or the Pizza Hut salad bar um, all the way up to like the finest Las Vegas restaurant buffet with everything that you can think of on it. You know, crab legs, steaks, foods from 100 countries, all that kind of thing. And we're going to we're going to like, like, OK, audience, like bear with me here. This is going to make sense. All right. So, Jr., which which one of these acronyms are we going to talk about first?
1: Well, let's start with PPO, which is a preferred provider organization. And the reason we'll start there is because it's actually the most popular of, of all health plans today. It's what you'd see most groups purchasing, and also most individuals when they go to purchase plans typically end up so, buying.
0: So, just buyer. like some context. So, a PPO is a kind of insurance product that I would buy, right? So, I'd, I'd say, oh, my insurance plan is a PPO plan as opposed to some other type of plan, right? That's correct. Okay. Yep. And so, when you think
1: about it, you know, with a PPO, like let's get back to the buffet analogy here. So, you can think about it. What causes a buffet to cost, like one buffet to cost more than another buffet? But number one, well, it's I mean,
0: kept- yeah. I, so the, the Las Vegas buffet is the most expensive, but it's because they have like every kind of food known to man on this, exactly. uh, on this buffet. Like everything that you can imagine that you would want to eat is there and you pay more for it. That's right. Huge variety, very little restrictions. Right. And it costs more
1: because of that. And so you can think about these different insurance plans. So the PPO side of things. It's like walking into a buffet restaurant where you have full access to everything on the buffet. You can get the salad, you can get the pasta, you can get the carved meat, you can go to the dessert table, you can do all of that. But then there's actually one extra step to it. You know, you think about it. sometimes you don't like what's on the buffet and sometimes you just want to order off the menu. Well, a PPO plan is like one where you can get the full buffet or you can order off the menu if you'd like.
0: I mean I I don't really understand why anyone would do that if they're at one of these delicious buffets but yeah sometimes you just want like what you want and so you you grab the menu and you say you know what I don't want anything on this buffet just send me the I don't know like the the steak Diane or something like that right <laughs> yes the steak Diane okay um,
1: so so if you think about this in terms of healthcare it's you know a PPO basically allows you to select any doctor you want to select within the network uh, or even outside of a network. And Jay, I'm sure you're going to interrupt me and say, well, what, what about, like, what are the details of a network? When you, when you buy a health plan, you are purchasing a network of doctors uh, who you have access to and you pay a certain amount of a deductible or an out-of-pocket maximum to go to those doctors. And then there are also doctors that are out of that network A PPO allows you to
0: still go to those. You just pay more to go to those doctors. But all options are available. So with that network, then what you're saying is that it's like the buffet that has a lot of things on it. So I've got a big, broad network. I have lots of choices that I can make, but I can also order off the menu, which is like an upcharge. But that allows me to get really anything that is available that I'd want to eat. So the PPO has ultimate choice, maybe with some extra dollars spent for certain choices, but ultimate choice but the expense of that network is a little higher because it has everything on it. You got it. That's exactly right. All right. Okay. 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 This is good. This is good. This helps me because I get these things mixed up. And so, um, all right. So what's, what's the second type?
1: So the second type is actually uh, a very easy difference from this first PPO example. It's called the EPO, which is an exclusive provider organization. So in this buffet analogy, it's really the same thing as a PPO, except you can no longer order off of the menu if you'd like to. So you get the full access to the buffet, just like you would have in the PPO. But if you were to want to order off the menu, they would say, oh, you can't do that unless you are absolutely starving and would otherwise die if you didn't make it to the buffet or you couldn't make it to the buffet. So got it. Got it. Which is absolutely. Yeah, so so I, I, I get this. <laughs> yeah. So so putting it in medical terms, you can go to all of the in-network doctors, all the in-network hospitals, have all the in-network services available to you. But unless it's an emergency, you cannot go out of network.
0: I see. So the EPO, I think, a lot of times is associated with one particular healthcare provider. Is that right? Like, what what would you be your um, your assessment of how often does an EPO include, like, you know, hospital A versus hospital A or hospital B? Yeah, so that that
1: actually varies by market, varies by even even um, kind of segment of business. So it might vary from individual versus small group versus large group and business. So, um, so in some cases, an EPO is really just set up to say, "Hey, look, we have folks that are going and getting care that is way more expensive than it needs to be, and we want folks to instead go and get care that's just as great, but within network." And so. They'll keep the same network of providers that they would have had in the PPO, but they just cut out the out-of-network side of things. And that usually produces, you know, call it 2%, 3 4% savings doing that, in, in some cases on the highest side of things. The second version of it is what you're getting at, Jay, and that's where you take a select number of providers. So let's say you had three hospitals, hospital systems within a city. And it might be that two of those hospital systems are you know, great, they perform very well, and their costs are substantially lower than the third hospital system. So what some, some health insurance companies will do is they'll say, well, what would happen to the cost if we just trim that third high-cost hospital system out of the network here and make our EPO only be... You know, involving those two lesser-cost hospital systems. And then gotcha. you end up producing a substantial savings off of that. You might see a 10 15% reduction in the overall cost when you do that.
0: Okay, so a, a PPO is the big, broad network. It's my giant buffet where I can even order off the menu if I want to, but I'm going to spend a few more dollars to do it. An EPO is a more limited network, perhaps, and I can't order off the menu. So it's, uh, you know, maybe maybe not the best buffet in Las Vegas, but still a pretty good buffet. Lots of choices, but I cannot order off the menu. Uh, I have that right so far. That's right. This analogy is the best thing that we've ever done. Um, this uh, this buffet analogy. So I'm I'm really excited about this. OK, but but wait, there's more. So um, what's the third type of insurance product that we're going to talk about? So
1: next one is the HMO. So that's the Health Maintenance Organization. And this is still under the same buffet analogy. You still have access to a buffet and a buffet that looks a whole lot like what your EPO buffet may have looked like. But imagine you have somebody standing there at the start of the buffet saying, hey, why, why don't you start off here with salad? And you say, well, no, 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 no. I'm I'm hungry for I'm hungry for roast beef. I want to go to the later part of the buffet. I want to jump over to the dessert. A person says, hold on, hold on. Start with the salad first. Maybe have some pasta. See if you're full there. And if you're not full, then we'll move to the
0: roast beef or then we'll move to the dessert table. Okay, I see. I see how this is going. So I'm I'm now being like, there's a little bit of a process here. One might even call it a gate that I must go through. begin with in order to get to that roast beef is that right Uh, look at you and your lingo your health insurance lingo (laughs) yes it's called the gatekeeper plan
1: so you have a primary care physician who is the point like the point person or i guess use uh basketball terms it's the point guard or uh or football terms quarterback for all of your care so the idea behind it is if you have one person that sees your whole care story you could have better outcomes and cheaper outcomes so you all of your care starts with that primary care physician and that primary care physician gives referrals to any further care that's needed.
0: And and to like this could be a good thing, right? Because the healthcare system can be pretty complicated. And so figuring out who it is that I should see and where I'm going to get the best bang for my buck, not only for my money, but my time, like the time it takes to make that appointment and go and see the specialist or what have you. Having somebody who can coach me through that can be very uh, useful, right?
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. And and also you think about it, like if you have a a physician, a primary care physician that is working within a single hospital system, then they can help guide you right to the right person. But also it might be somebody that they work with regularly and they can have good communication about like, oh, here's what I'm seeing. And it's it's quicker, it's more efficient and then, you know, ideally lower cost in the whole process.
0: All right. All right. So the HMO, I think, is uh is kind of like, uh, well, it's like no buffet I've ever seen, but it's a buffet where there are choices that are on that buffet. But there's somebody who's guiding me, kind of telling me this is the place to get like, no, no, no. You don't want the dessert first. You'll ruin your dinner, have some salad, you know, then go and have some bread and then we'll move on to the roast beef. And then finally we'll have dessert. Like, trust me, this will be better. Um, So you've got like a guide, uh, a guide to the buffet, which I'll tell you, and some of those buffets, they go on for so long. It would be nice to have a, a tour guide that could help you figure out like, where should I go next? I've, this is my third plate of buffet food. What, what should I put on it? Um, so, right. you know, it's uh, that that's a good, I, I I understand that model. That's, that's very good. And I think the op, that's the optimistic view on it. Uh, some
1: are like more of the pessimistic view of it would be, oh, there's a person that's telling me what I can and can't do with my healthcare. I and don't want salad. Yeah. I want to go straight to the roast beef or I want to go straight to the dessert table. Right. And and so, you know, basically what it is, is, you know, when you're purchasing health plans, you're sacrificing some of your choice in exchange for a cheaper cost product uh, or a lesser cost product.
0: So it's just uh, it's a matter of tradeoffs. So do I want to have more choice but pay more? Do I want to have less choice but pay less? Do I want to, you know, kind of go through this quarterbacking process and maybe it makes things a little bit cheaper? Um, so I, I I think that it's it's all just like a little bit of this, a little bit of that, trading off this thing for that thing. No best answer here, right? Like it just really depends on on what it is that a person wants in terms of their insurance product. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Now those aren't the only acronyms like PPO, EPO, HMO. Like we see those a lot. Um I also see one and and you know, I need some help with this one, uh, the the POS acronym. Like what is a what is a POS plan? So a POS plan is a point of service plan, and this one
1: is very, very much like an HMO. Um, you actually you don't see this one out in the market as much as you do an HMO. But the idea behind a, a point of service plan is that you still have access to the buffet like you did in the HMO. You still have somebody guiding you through that buffet like you had in the HMO. But if you have to order something off of the menu because the you know the the buffet wasn't your style, or you didn't like what was available on it, you can go and order something off the menu. But again, your primary care physician in this case would still have to say, or refer, say, yes, I'm going to refer you to go get this care out of
0: network. I see. I see. So a little more out of network choice in a POS than you would have in an HMO. You got it. That's exactly right. Great. Now there are still yet other acronyms that fit into all of this and i think the ones i'm thinking of i'm going to name two and i want you to help me understand what these are as well so we have hsa's and we also have hdhp's so can you help me a little with those i'm not sure that those fit precisely in the buffet analogy so we may have to we may have to stray into some other restaurant types uh which is probably okay um but uh, tell me tell me about those Yeah, we still have alphabet soup going here, but we're off of the buffet.
1: Um, So, an HDHP. Let's start with that one because it's kind of the basis for an HSA. Okay. So, the HDHP is a high deductible health plan, and what that means is, like, first off, it can be a high deductible health plan could be a PPO plan, it could be an EPO plan, or an HMO plan, or a POS plan. It's just one of those plans that has certain characteristics around the deductible and around the out-of-pocket max. So for example, in 2022, uh, in order for a plan to be qualified as a high deductible health plan, there's a minimum deductible of $1,400 for a a single person purchasing or um, $2,800 for family coverage. Um, There's a second qualification in that There's a maximum out-of-pocket that a person can owe for these plans for for any of their medical spend. So, you know, for these plans, the highest out-of-pocket maximum for a single person is $7,050. It's uh, $14,100 for a family. I'll say the third quick qualification on these is that in these plans, everything except preventive-based care, uh, has to be paid for by the person who you know, by the consumer until they reach their deductible. So I don't know if that okay. makes sense. Yeah. Are there any follow up questions there on that, Jay?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so basically, this is a plan where I'd be responsible for paying out of pocket for some amount, which is is a relatively high amount. Uh, with those limits that you described. One thing I, I'd like to point out with the high deductible health plan is that would put more responsibility on the patient to come up with ways to pay dollars in that case. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. So that can create a little bit of pain, I suppose. And we need to be thinking about solutions that might help people bridge that gap. In return for that, I get to put my money into what's called a health savings account, the HSA, right? That's right. Yep. That's and what's 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 that all about? Like why why would I do that?
1: Well, so a health savings account actually is a really uh, key thing with high deductible health plans because you'll hear the term triple tax advantage. And you know what this is basically uh, meaning is that when you put money away into a savings account to spend on health care only when you have a high deductible health plan, it has three advantages from this tax standpoint. So the first is, that when you make contributions to that account, those contributions get to be made pre-tax.
0: Okay. So like out of my paycheck before all the taxes are taken out. So I get a little advantage there.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Exactly.
0: So, so you get the advantage
1: on your, your income tax savings there when it comes down to it. Uh, And by the way, I should caveat this by saying I am not an accountant. Neither of us are accountants. Uh, So definitely not. We're we're just talking about the uh, kind of the generic version of all this. Um, so the second piece of this is that when you have those savings accounts with those dollars, you usually can choose to invest those dollars into different types of things. Like you might pick mutual funds or maybe there's something bond related or, or almost just a regular interest bearing account. Well, all of that growth that happens in those accounts is tax free. You never pay taxes on the growth like you would in a normal savings account or or normal you know, stock investment or anything like that. So that's your second second tax advantage. The third, uh, this is kind of the, like the big deal is that then when you go to take that money and spend it on healthcare, uh, then that money doesn't get taxed even at the point that you withdraw it to spend it on your, on your healthcare. So, you know, there are qualified health expenses that the IRS defines that you can use these accounts to pay for, for your health expenditures. And, and there's never taxed on that side of things.
0: And that that list is pretty broad. So you can use this money on lots of different things that are healthcare related doctor visits, obviously hospitalizations, but also things like acupuncture or chiropractors or, you know, therapy services or other things that might not be covered by traditional insurance plans. That's
1: correct. Yeah, you, you can spend it on a broader range of health services. I don't know how broad it goes. I don't know, Jay, if you could prescribe me a hot tub uh, or not to to have this
0: spent on, but. Probably my, not, unfortunately, probably not. but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, but there are things that I could do though that that might help, like a, a nice massage or some acupuncture or something that still might make you feel better.
1: Right, <laughs>
0: yep, that's correct.
1: Well, so obviously, you know, there are many advantages to it. So there's a, a purpose in all of this when you think about these high deductible health plans. The idea of it is that, you know as the insured person you're going to have more dollars that you're paying out of pocket for for any services you get so because of that the federal government basically gives you a break on it if you put money into into savings to pay for it we all know that the cost of healthcare goes up over time you know a, a dollar today doesn't mean as much you know 2 years from now and so You know, the idea behind it is if you can encourage people to put money away in saving for their health care, then it gives an opportunity later on for people to actually have the money
0: to pay for their health care. I see. I see. So smart thing to do is to for me to take some of my dollars and put them into my HSA and, and let them grow, like let those dollars grow and save it for when I need it to take care of myself. If I can make it to retirement, I could use it at that point. That would be great. Um, I know there are some crazy statistics about the number of dollars that people spend after retirement just on healthcare. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars that most people will spend out of pocket once they have retired and they're on a fixed income. So having a health savings account that's got some dollars in it could really help with retirement. Right, right, and yeah, the
1: crazy numbers are it's like three or four hundred thousand dollars for an average you know couple that's retiring.
0: And if I could take some of my hard-earned dollars and not have to spend them on healthcare because I've done a good job with a health savings account, do you know what I would do with those dollars, Jr.? What would you do? Would you go eat some crab rangoon? Uh, I would go to a buffet. I would go to a, um, you know, to a delicious Las Vegas has everything on it buffet and just like uh, just enjoy a feast of delicious food. And, you know, I might order off the menu. I might not. It would just depend on the mood that I was in. But since I had that HSA, I'd be able to do that. I have the ultimate choice. So And I think that's probably the best spot for us to wrap this up. Once we've taken it all the way back to uh, the buffet, there's just not much else to say about this alphabet soup of healthcare acronyms.
1: I think that's perfect. Perfect place to wrap,
0: Jay. All right. Well, JR, thanks again for your time. Uh, Appreciate you sitting down and and walking us through this. And everyone, thank you for listening to the EOB podcast. Uh, We are really excited to be making these for you and look forward to talking to you again next episode.